0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, Blessed New Year to you. And we are off to a good start here in the church. Today we begin a new calendar. And my friends, um, on this day, this solemnity, which is only a holy day of obligation in the United States, um, it's a solemnity, but only a holy day of obligation here, because uh, she is the patron of the United States and the, all of the Americas. Um, and my friends, this solemnity is called Mary, the Mother of God, uh, the Theotokos, uh, God-Bearer. Um, and although it is certainly a Marian title, uh, however, this title says more about Jesus and his identity than it does about Mary. And and this is exactly how Mary always is. She always points to her son. She wants you to love her son. And, of course, the son only wants you to honor his mother. And so we are doing that. But, and we, so we unite ourselves to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, uh, and our mother. And, uh, of course, we do so to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is son of Mary and son of God. My friends, as we look at the first reading um, which is about God and his mighty works. Or uh, in this reading, we hear about his blessing and how he wants it to be expressed. And um, this is very Old Testament for us, the verbiage that's used. The Old Testament blessing that the priest of their time pronounce over the people does not exhaust all that has been revealed about the name of God. My friends, on this day, I wanted to speak about God and about our triune God, God. Um, and the glory that's due them. And, uh, but our first reading teaches us something very valuable today. It said, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. In the Old Testament, this blessing was given in the name of God. God. And it consisted of placing the name of God over the Israelites. Uh, We heard the instruction. Here's what you will say. You will go to the sons and you will say this. My friends, in the English translation, we read the Lord. But in the original Hebrew text, it, um, it is a different word, a different name. We know it as Yahweh. And it's repeated three times. And uh, I bring this up uh, because it has significance. The Israelites had such a great veneration for his name that rather than daring to utter it, uh, they substituted it with, in their language, Adonai, which translated into English is Lord. And uh, my friends, I bring this up because um, uh, we need to venerate uh, his holy name. Uh, people often uh, are disrespectful, and out of bad habit, they use his name. I know, because I hear about it every week in the confessional. <laughs> and I say mostly it is bad habit, but it is one that needs to, to change. And uh, because those words lead us into actions, and we see uh, uh, his just disrespecting his name disrespects him, our God. Today, the blessing is directed to us Christians as we always look at the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament, Christianity. So the blessing is directed to us Christians with another name. You know what that name is, don't you? Jesus. We always end all our prayers in Jesus' name. We are not dealing only uh, with a name, but with a person giving a much greater fullness to God's blessing. It comes to us not only in name, but in the very presence of the very Son of God. My friends, this is a very extraordinary change that has happened. Rather than having merely a name, we have a real person in our midst now. A person who is literally the face of God. In Old Testament times, no one saw God's face. And we were told no one gets to see him and live and uh, no one saw God's face, and Moses, even Moses, great Moses, sees God only from behind. Exodus thirty-three nineteen through twenty. Go and see your scriptures; you'll see that I am accurate here. But in Jesus, the face of God is fully revealed in His Son. It is the visible image of the invisible God. And Jesus said, "Whoever has seen me has seen the Father." John fourteen nine. As we would say, we have a face to go with the name. At least in my time, we would say that. I think the young ones probably don't know what that means. So mom and dad, you have to explain to them what that means. Even more, it was the one who lived amongst us, who walked with us, and still does. A person whom uh, we know through his words and his actions as recorded in the, in the scriptures. We have the fortune of being able to contemplate thanks to Mary's yes to God. She said yes to God always, even as she stood underneath the cross and watched her son be crucified. She stood at the cross, she did not fall on the ground. She stood in faith. Her yes. We are thankful for because we are able to contemplate the very Son of God, to have him in our presence in a way that he was not before in this world. And not only do we have Jesus with us, remember the word Emmanuel, God with us. But according to the second reading, Jesus is within us. We have Jesus within us by the means of the Spirit who cries out in us, Abba, Father. Okay, did you guys go to bed early? <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm telling you? The second reading says the very Spirit of the Lord God is in you. That's a really good way to bring, and that's a good message for New Year's Day for all of you. It's because it's great joy. This is the deepest meaning of the blessing we receive at the beginning of this new year. Mary gives us the very company of Jesus. She brings Jesus close to us. Jesus, Mary brings Jesus, if you will, to us. And now as Queen of Heaven, She leads you to him. This is her role. She brings Jesus close to us. Jesus offers himself in the most profound of ways by giving us the Holy Spirit. The Son of God not only has to become incarnate on Christmas, but he also had to hand himself over to death so that through his Paschal mystery, he might give us his Spirit, John 19, 30. Through his Paschal Mystery, we receive adoption and we become the very children of God, is what the scriptures tell us. The Lord's blessing, his promise, his gift, is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Before he left, he said, I am leaving, and it is good because the Spirit will not come until I leave. The Spirit of Sonship penetrates us and is supposed to transform each one of you, the baptized. It should, at the very least, because it requires your cooperation, uh, through your baptism, through his Paschal Mystery, um, he puts us in a familial relationship with the Father. As St. Paul puts it, you are no longer a slave, but a son daughter, with all the rights and benefits that come with being that eternal life. This knowledge should bring us, at the beginning of this new year, a certain type of peace and joy that we are his adopted children. And friends, this is, uh, for all of you who know me, this is the anniversary of my mother's passing. She died on January 1, 2011. And uh, everything I'm telling you is what gives me great comfort. And then I have the other thing I'm a priest. So my prayer is always I hope you receive my mother, the mother of a priest. <laughs> But everything that I've been telling you in this homily, for all of you, this is personal to each one of you, and to all of you who have lost a loved one, particularly in this past year. Let the words of the scriptures in this homily penetrate your heart and give you peace and joy. We now know that God's blessing is something very concrete and deep. Friends, I'd also like to make note about the progression that happens in our scripture selections the church has put forth. A progression of the idea and the knowledge and the fact of a Trinitarian God. First reading speaks about the Father. The Gospel speaks about the Son of God. And the letter to the Galatians speaks of the Holy Spirit, thereby showing us the very fullness of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, God's blessing. On this first day of the year, on the Solemnity of Mary, the mother of God, the Theotokos, open your hearts to receive God's blessing, not only for yourselves, but for the whole world. And like Mary, the mother of God, let us do our part in salvation history You each have a role that must be fulfilled. Must be. I know we don't like that word, must. But there it is. Must be fulfilled. At the very least, each one of you are called to stay ever faithful and ever close to our Lord, just as his mother, Mary, has done. My brothers and sisters, this is also um, a world day of peace in our church. So we pray for peace. Uh, everywhere, particularly in that holy land uh, where our Lord walked, where his mother lived, and never seems to have peace. We pray for peace uh, throughout the whole of Middle East. And my friends, on this day, I remember Father Seraphim and his community, St. Nicholas, the Greek Orthodox Church. He is my friend and in the very way that Mary, through the grace of God, unites heaven and earth, man and the divine. I pray that we will see in our time that unity of the East and West, and then perhaps the unity of all the other 33,000 denominations of Christians that just seem to fight with each other. Remember my homily when I said pride with each other. We come together. And so we remember on this day also on World Day of Peace, we pray for peace throughout the world. Peace in our communities. Peace in your heart.